What's up, Gang Con Nation? Tasha, I want to make a hit checking in. And you're about to hear the show presented by Express Sons Rooms of Columbia. Spurs up. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? The show starts in 10. here in Columbia. Well, it's been buzzing loudly all weekend. Passion of the crowd in Williams Bryce Stadium is second to nine. And the rain breaks out in Columbia. It is good! Gamecock fans, welcome home. See how it goes, uh, but we'll be ready to go. It's time to root. Let's go, Carolina! It's gone! Touchdown! What a hit! He makes it in! Can you believe it? your hosts, J.C. Sherbert, oh, watch him celebrate now. Bill Molinax, my wife doesn't like hanging around losers, and Jamie Bradford. I'm going to tell you, you look like you joined Doug Dabbitt, dude. Greetings and good morning and happy President's Day. Welcome aboard inside the Gamecocks, the show live from the Signorama Studios, the preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics, very proudly presented by Express Sunrooms. If you don't have yours, you should get it because the spring is coming, maybe sooner than later with the warm temperatures expected throughout the Palmetto State this week. JB, excuse me, J, here's JB, JC. Phil on the bottom. Uh, we're here until <laughs> one o'clock this afternoon. Keep all set with the uh, Gamecock Pod Daily and Gamecock Pod Live. I almost screwed that up because he rebranded himself. Will join us here in just a little while, and we will recap, of course, throughout the day the sweep this weekend of UMass Lowell by Gamecock baseball. Both hoop squads won. There's Gamecock football to get to uh, certainly as well, and much, much more. There actually is some, by the way, the some rules changes involving mostly the clock in college football that are on the table that could be approved for the 2023 season and moving forward. And uh, so we'll make sure you're aware of those if you are not already. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service. Signorama is second to literally nobody, and more than likely that's because they're Gamecock-owned and operated. Generally, that's how it works. If you went to South Carolina and you run a business, you're probably pretty good at it. As I mentioned earlier, they're the preferred sign partner of the University of South Carolina, interior and exterior signs, proud supporters of the Gamecocks, and maybe you drive a vehicle that needs to be wrapped. They can do that, too. Maybe you just need a banner made or a bunch of banners, like, you know, for a baseball field. Maybe you need a tablecloth to let everybody know who you are before you go to that next outing, wherever it may be. Signorama in Columbia, South Carolina is who you want to use. We do, and you should as well. 803-407-9284. The Nana's Porch, award-winning Nana's Porch chat box is open and active. And uh, Craig, is he's on a tough run right now. He has not been first for more than a week 
into the Nana's Porsche chat box. So Craig's going to need to get up earlier and get some coffee going so he can make sure he makes it in. Jerry made it in first today, and it's good to see you. Good to see Noah as well. Greetings from Joint Base Charleston. Thanks for what you do and yes, hope sir. you're enjoying it out there. And a, and a bunch of others. We're going to make sure that we uh, – Jan, JC sent me a picture of your beer tree over the weekend. Well done, my man. And Ooh, uh, it was hot. probably a lot of beer being drank because South Carolina – scored plenty of runs and if you were in the parking lot at any point in time while the game was being played you were probably dodging baseballs 14 of those left the yard in the three game series for South Carolina so really good stuff there and a really good start here good afternoon and good morning guys good morning good, good morning. morning yeah heck of a weekend for the Gamecocks uh, I think when you're talking about the, the baseball team, uh, I think that's what everybody kind of wanted to see, right? Uh, there's a lot of uh, good, solid hitting. And the word I keep getting back to with that's the approach at the plate, I thought was night and day different. You know, a lot of discipline up there. The, the pitchers for UMass Lowell got wild. Uh, South Carolina's pitchers, you know, faced a little adversity, but then, you know, rallied, rebounded well. Uh, and then on Sunday, just great to see Jack Mahoney after all he's been through, get out there and deliver uh, an emotional performance. Um, you know, I, I talk, we talked to a lot of people Friday, Kip Balknight among them, uh, and it just seemed like a common recurring theme from that lineup of greats that we had uh, was that, hey, the fire has been missing, the, the passion that, that this program has been accustomed to playing with. This facilitated a lot of success over the years. Uh, you know, let's get back to that. And I think the guys this weekend responded uh, or, or, or set the tone pretty well. Uh, I, I know UMass Lowell did not play all that great. I know they didn't look all that good. But you kind of look at the guys they have coming back and, and the problems they present on the base path, and, and I think they're probably better than some of the teams, like maybe USC Upstate, my alma mater, <laughs> or mm. PC, or, or some of the teams that actually beat South Carolina during midweek games last year. Uh, I think they're better than that. Uh, you know, so a, an impressive performance all the way around domination. Um, and they just got to keep it going. You know, that's, uh, you know, the, the, the more I think the hotter they stay at the plate heading into SEC play, the better. Inevitably, it's going to dip, guys. I mean, you know, you're not going to hit the ball like that every single weekend. But uh, certainly, I think anybody that was at Founders Park or that watched the games on TV saw uh, signs of life in this program that maybe have not been present in a while. So, uh, really good start for the Gamecocks there. Big win for Lamont Paris and his team Saturday. I think they played their best game. Uh, I think when you play a team like LSU who's struggling like that, uh, you know, if you can hit like that from three and shoot the ball well, you have a chance to win. Uh, even if you're kind of undermanned like the Gamecocks are, LSU certainly you know, lost their whole roster from last year. Uh, so they're struggling. But uh you know, another road win, which is kind of a strange trend for this basketball team. They've won at LSU. They've won at Kentucky. They've won at Georgetown. They've won at Ole Miss. Um, so those aren't uh, – Kentucky's probably the best of those teams this year. But, you know, historically, those aren't easy places to go play. Uh, and then the women finally got a challenge, and I'm sure we'll talk to Keith about that at the top of the hour, you know, going to overtime at Ole Miss. Ole Miss is sort of an up-and-coming program. they got a good young coach. Um I did think that would be a little bit of a more of a dangerous game than people thought. And, uh, but once they got to overtime, you know, I caught that portion of the ball game, the, 
the ladies just uh, continued to play like they do, and and that was that. So, um, good win in overtime. It's good to be challenged. I think sometimes in basketball, if you don't get that challenge, uh, and you get a tournament time, you know, nerves start to take hold, and you know you can get upset. We've seen it on the men's side, uh, less so on the women's side over the years, but we've seen it on the men's side. Uh, two things come to mind: the UNLV team that lost to Duke that year. Uh, and then Kentucky, a few years back, lost to Wisconsin in the Final Four uh, as an undefeated team. So uh, I, I think, you know, whereas the ladies did not play their best, obviously, against Ole Miss, and they did survive a challenge. Uh, and I think sometimes that's good for the character of your team, no matter what sport, is to just go in there and win anyway. Uh, mm-hmm. And they did that this weekend. So a uh, heck, heck of a deal. Football recruiting, Kelvin Hunter, a lean to the Gamecocks. Uh, he's up to four stars now. So, you know, you, you got another in-state kid. He's from West Florence. He's a safety, 181 pounds, and he will knock you into next week. <laughs> uh, and so uh, I think on three moved him up to, to four, which put him uh, as far as 24-7 sports composite into that four-star range. So, you know, if, you, if you're kind of looking down the road with this recruiting class, as good as it is right now, you start adding more and more blue chips to it, there's a chance numerically, uh, and I think this is overrated sometimes because if you finish ninth versus 12th or 11th, there's not that much difference. But if you are looking to get into that top 10 and to get into the upper half of the SEC in recruiting, which is where, you know, I think it's a good goal for Carolina to have, you know, right there in the midpoint up to like sixth, fifth uh, in the league, your talent level starts getting closer and closer and closer to the big boys. Uh, and you're not undermanned in games and you have depth. Uh, and all that. So, you know, uh, I, I, I've said my piece on the blue chip ratio. I think it's one of the biggest captain obvious theories in recruiting. Uh, oh, yeah, no doubt. Half your roster is going to be four and five stars. If you're winning national championships, it's hard to win a national championship. But for those of you that pay attention to it uh, and that, you know, like to feel good about it and stuff like that, I don't have a problem with that at all. And so, wow, the more four and four five star guys you get, the better. It looks like Blake Franks is closing in on the decision. It looks like the Gamecocks have a really good shot at sweeping just about everybody they want from within the state of South Carolina this cycle. Uh, and, you know, that's kind of back what Steve Spurrier did at Carolina. You know, the Gamecocks were dominant. Uh, the difference is, uh, we can talk more about this in depth moving forward, is that Beamer and his staff, I think, I think they're recruiting better in Georgia than, than Spurrier did as far as number of quality prospects. Uh, you know, you, you think about you for every Mike Davis and Connor Shaw, there were a couple of guys from Georgia they got that maybe couldn't play dead in a movie. Uh, you know, I thought Muschamp scaled back in Georgia and really did sign a lot of quality guys. I, I think Beamer is winning a lot of battles that maybe Muschamp and his staff came in second or third on. They're beating the Auburns of the world and the Tennessees of the world on some of these four-star guys in Georgia. So that's going well. Plus you got the DMV, plus they're getting back in North Carolina. Plus, they spot recruit really well. Um, so, man, high times on the recruiting trail for South Carolina right now, folks. Uh, take it from somebody that's covered it for a long time. You know, this has the makings of next level kind of stuff. Uh, and so, if you follow that, you're you're probably um, fired up about uh, the future of football and looking forward to spring practice. Okay, there's my monologue for today with my new haircut. <laughs> that's right. We just let you go because you look so resplendent in the window there today. It's, you know. 
Phil, do you have any words of wisdom on this President's Day? Uh, this President's Day? No, other than, you know, hell of a weekend for the damn school. Uh, <laughs> you know, everybody right. everybody that took the field won. <laughs> Let's keep yeah, up the momentum. Softballs, I mean, softballs yeah, won eight in a row. Sweep, right? Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I, I won some in tra- they lost one tennis match, but that was to Georgia. Oh, Georgia's man. pretty good. Too, but they beat North Carolina. and uh, I guess the tournament's in Chicago. No, I had to go downtown for a birthday party Saturday. I text both of you about that. You know, you remember my my awesome words about that experience. <laughs> but uh, no, it was actually a pretty good time. But man, I, if I didn't know, maybe I'd have, depending on what part of the city it was, I mean, I'd go check out a little Gamecock tennis, right? Yeah, no, and I mean, not. you know, because probably, probably indoors. So you know, so long as it's well, beer, yeah. it w- wouldn't have been a wasted trip. <laughs> yeah, that would have been the disability, the deal breaker for me. You go to a college tennis match, you no know, beer. I'm no. out, <laughs> sir. This is tennis. Yeah, well, you can't tailgate and raise hell for tennis. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Love forty, play, please. My my earliest <laughs> memories of play, of tennis were like uh, Bon Voyage, Charlie Brown, when Snoopy goes to Wimbledon mm. and becomes John McEnroe. And he's like, <laughs> and he goes, sir, stop, please. Love forty, play, please. You know. <laughs> so McEnroe, as I learned how to score, score tennis was, was watching the Snoopy. McEnroe was um, was brilliant in Mr. Deeds, by the way. Yes, he was. Yes. <laughs> yes, he was. He was awesome. That's a very awesome observation. Yeah, he was, he was wonderful uh, in there. Yeah, I, I look, you know, um, when it when it comes to baseball, and I'm going to – by the way, first of all, I hope uh, anybody that tuned in on Friday enjoyed uh, all of those that were able to join us and uh, really appreciate their time leading up to, to opening day. Well, I'll start with baseball on my end. I have a very simple comment. Um, you know, it, there, there's there certainly are baseball things that that we can discuss if if necessary. But this is very simple. It's you know for the for the average baseball fan out there, this is really more directed at you than anything. They did this weekend what they were supposed to do. Period. Like that. That's what they were. When, when you're when you're a a school, the prestige like with the prestige of South Carolina. And you play teams like this that you're supposed to beat the hell out of, beat the hell out of them. And they did. Um, you know, the only thing that's concerning is they scored 20 runs, and then they only scored 17, and then they really screwed up yesterday and only scored 12. No, I'm just kidding. Um, it's, yeah, no, it's just they, a terrible trend. You know, it's, they're really, you know, God God help us next weekend. They're not going to be scoring any runs. Um, but, no, it was they did exactly what they were supposed to do this weekend, and – it's series like these when you've got a group of guys that are new playing together uh, that kind of build some confidence and and allow you to go out there and and have some success and enjoy it a little bit. You know, that can go a long way. And um, and so hopefully that's what happened this weekend. The pitching was was outstanding. I know that, you know, Sanders is Will Sanders is exactly where Mark told us he was and he's exactly where Mark told the media he was. I mean, Mark Kingston could not have been more honest leading into the season, and he was dead on with everything that we saw this weekend. Um, generally, you know, that means that, you know, he's the coach and and he's actually out there in practice and maybe knows a little bit more than some of us. And uh, everything that he had told us for the last couple of weeks was, was spot on. Will was a little bit up. He's going to need to get down in the zone. A lot of those fastballs he was blowing by those dudes in game one, he's not going to blow them by everybody in the SEC or against Clemson and teams like that. They, they're they going to hit mistake fastballs at the top of the zone. So 
he's going to have to fix that, but that's something that they say they've been working on, and he, Mark's acknowledged that. So Mahoney was fantastic. Um, Noah Hall was fantastic. The bullpen was was really good, and, and hopefully they're starting to figure out kind of what their roles are. You know, offensively, it's neat to see a bunch of balls leave the yard. There's no doubt there. Um, you know, from a hitting standpoint, I'll, I'll say this, and then I'll get off my soapbox and, and let you all kind of run it from here. You know, people are going to ask the question. I, I want to remind somebody of something. And, 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 again, I hope this doesn't come off as I'm some know-it-all, um, but I do understand baseball. <laughs> and so I'll, I'll tell you what I do know, okay? They're going to have bad games offensively. This is not like football where it's like, well, our receivers, you can tell they're much better because Justin Steph is here. You can give Monty Lee all the credit you want to when they when they succeed, and then you can bang them all you want to when they fail. But you got to understand baseball is just different, and sometimes you're only going to be as good as a starting pitcher. If the starting pitcher that day is better than everybody, he's just better than everybody. It doesn't matter how good you are. So, um, you know, they're, they're, you got to take it all with a grain of salt and understand it is a really, really, really long year in baseball can only be judged in its entirety for the most part. Okay. Um, with that said, you know, offensively, the things that I noticed that JC, I think I texted you and Phil this early in the game on Friday, they were aggressive early in counts. Um, historically. And I'd say when I say historically, you know, I'd say over the last decade or so, you often see teams that throw under bat speed. And what I mean by that is teams that are throwing – the baseball is coming in slower than you're swinging the bat. Uh, it's hard to be patient. And so you'll see a lot of slower throwing lefties that give Carolina a hard time. PC's thrown some guys out there that have done that to them in recent years. And um, and so you you got to take what's given to you. And then when you've got guys that kind of lollipop it in there, so to speak, uh, you got to be aggressive early. But – you have to understand what you're doing too. And you don't want to get behind in counts because then you really, you know, the old term junk ball, right? That's kind of where that it's kind of gotten distorted over the years, but that's kind of where that came from. So if you if you get up there and you're down oh two or one two early, you know, you're you're taking pitches, looking at strikes, things like that, you all of a sudden, you know, two or three innings where the struggles could turn into seven or eight, and then you've lost a game to a team like PC and you're sitting there going, How the hell did that happen? Well, that's how that happens. So they were aggressive early in counts. Um, you know, they 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 had a good approach, and it changed with runners in scoring position, with nobody on base. You know, understanding the situation, how to get runs in, um, and and it all happened to kind of click and work this weekend against a team that they should beat. So they're gonna have a, they're gonna have some struggles in those departments moving forward. That's just baseball. That's what's gonna happen. But overall, um, it was a uh, it was a really good weekend for them, and and it wasn't one of those things where. You know, you're winning the game comfortably in the seventh, you know, seven to two or eight to two. And then you walk a couple of guys in the eighth and then a guy bangs a three run homer and all of a sudden it's an uncomfortable eight to five against a team. You should be, you know, taken to the woodshed. They, they, they put it out of reach early. And um, and so that was really, really, really good to see. And we'll see if they can get a couple wins this week, this week. And then. That, this Pennsylvania team that's coming in next week, and I don't mind somebody, this, this is a pretty good baseball team, actually. Uh, they had a really good year last year. They were also just a win or two shy of the postseason. They returned pretty much everybody. Um, I think last year they went to somewhere in the SEC and, and took two of three. 
You know, oh, I'm, yeah, I'm, not, I'm not making an excuse if something happens. I'm not trying to butter everybody up here. I'm just saying, don't just look at the schedule and go, well, what happened last week? It's about to happen again. No, it's that's not true. Like, they're play, you know, they're going to have their work cut out for them, and they're going to have to go get it done. But uh, they're off to a really, really good start. They got Winthrop tomorrow night, uh, evening, 4 o'clock, first pitch, Founders Park, and then Queens College from Charlotte comes in, and then they got University of Pennsylvania, the Mighty Quakers. Uh, if you're looking for a historical nut there, I think um, Penn put out the Gamecock men's basketball team from the NCAA tournament one year in the, during the McGuire era. So there you go. Got to get revenge for that 1971 <laughs> regional loss you know, 50 Sorry. years ago. Got to take it to them. Yeah, yeah. You know, but uh, I, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that. And, you know, Winthrop's never an easy yeah, out. Yeah. They always play the Gamecocks tough. And then I don't know much about Queens, but I, I'll tell you this. These midweek games, as you've said, Jamie, uh, throughout the preseason, and, and as Kingston said, Whittle and everybody else, it's a whole different level of pitching that the Gamecocks are going to be throwing out there during the midweek uh, than yeah. they were last year, where it's basically like, hey, anybody want to pitch tonight? <laughs> you, you know, uh, call up J.C. Sherbert. You know, I, I think I could uh, – I got a little bit of a change up. You know, anyway. Off speed, yeah. They put me on the mound one time, and I, like I said, I didn't have glasses. It was fifth, fifth grade, and I was, I was tall, big, strong guy. I almost killed somebody because <laughs> it went right by their head. And they're like, "Oh, we don't need to be doing that anymore." It's uh, even in the not even in the early nineties, that was like liability city. So you know, um, yeah. yeah. I, I was, and I'll, I'll be, and I'll add. I know we got to go to break too, and I'll, but I'll add to that that um, so we didn't see Becker this weekend, and we did not see Eli Jerzenbeck. Jerzenbeck's going to get a start this week. I don't know who will start the other midweek game, whether it'll be Becker or. James Hicks only threw 25 pitches on Friday night, and obviously they were kind of they wanted to get some guys in there and 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 get them moving. Um, but they they shut him down after two innings, and and so that that kind of sets up to where he's he's more than likely going to probably pitch this week as well. Again, I don't know if they're going to start him. Whittle would probably have more on that, um, or if they're just going to get him some work and then have him ready to go again next weekend. I'm not sure, but. Jerzenbeck is certainly going to get a start in the next couple of games, and we're going to get our first glimpse of a guy they're really excited about. Yeah, I'll tell you another young player I like what I saw to him, and it was good they got to play with Ethan Petrie. I thought he swung the bat really nice. He's a big 6'4 guy. Uh, you know, just looking down the road, I mean, that that kid that kid has some stuff to him. Of course, mm-hmm. in the opening series two years ago, I texted Whittle, and there, there was a kid, gosh, he's from, from the upstate somewhere. He ended up transferring to Kentucky a big pitcher that came in and closed out a game. I was like, that's a future superstar. And then things just didn't work out. So uh, don't take my word for it. <laughs> oh, my advanced scouting of Gamecock baseball players. But I did like the way Petrie swung, swung the bat. I, I, mean, I can say that about everybody. And, you know, like you said, Monty Lee is going to catch it when they don't hit well. But when they do, he's going to get some credit. And it's, the answer is probably somewhere in between. But I do love the approach. I, I think this looks a much more patient hitting team, but yet, like, they combine the aggressiveness early in the count that you, that you talked about, JB. So it's, it's kind of a nice blend. I like it. I, li- I like it a lot. That's how you hit. So, I mean, there's some days yeah. you got to go out there and, you know, there's some guys you want to make throw a bunch of pitches, and but then there's some days you got to go out and you, you just – got to be aggressive early. 
you know, you just have to, but you also have to understand counts. You got to understand what you're trying to do here. I mean, yeah. you got a runner on second and nobody out, and you're, and you're and you're down one two. You're not trying to hit the ball out of the yard. The goal is to either score that guy or get him 90 feet closer to where the next guy can score him. I mean, those are the things that might not matter if you miss out on that run when it's 17 to nothing against UMass Lowell, but when it's two to one against you know Arkansas late in the season, like you either know how to do that or you don't. Uh, so, you know, there's a lot that goes into hitting. People don't understand, and I get that. And But, uh, and I, hell, at halftime, I don't need more either further and further away I get from it. But um, it's a science, and, you know, they got to – this weekend was really good. They got to get more production out of the outfield, I and mean, Brewer and Stone struggled at the plate, and they're, they're going to have to figure that out. But um, but overall, hey, 49 runs in three games, not too bad. Yeah, and got on base. You'll take so that, yeah. Evan, Evan's so fast and stuff. I mean, he, he's a good catalyst down there at the bottom of the order uh, to get going. And uh, Jan points out in the chat box, the beer tree just radiates knowledge for Mr. Bennett. Texas A&M is, is the team that Penn took yep. the series from A&M. last year. In, yep, in that's right. Yep. Uh, pretty, and they ended up pretty good. I think they went to Omaha, didn't they, uh, Texas A&M? Yeah, they're not. They weren't bad. I think they're fifth in the country this year. <laughs> not bad at all. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, what's his name? Uh, the, with the fun, Schloss Nagel. Schloss Nagel is the coach today. Yeah, uh, used to be at TC, TCU. All right. We got to get to a break. Inside the Gamecocks, the show rolls on after this. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama Columbia and go Are you looking to buy a new home? Kevin O'Connell with Union Home Mortgage is a local mortgage expert and Gamecocks fan servicing North and South Carolina. Whether you're buying a home, building your dream home with new construction, or turning your equity into cash, UHM's world-class service will ensure you find the perfect mortgage to achieve your home ownership goals. Call Kevin at 803-906-0244 or visit UHM.com today. Union Home Mortgage is an equal housing lender. NMLS 2229 LONMLS 1772182. Gamecock Nation, JB here, and I'm here to tell you about my new favorite painting company, A Couple of Painters. These guys are the best. Gamecock fans and excellent painters, and by far the best and easiest quote I've received. They're licensed in both South Carolina and Georgia. They offer 10% off for military, repeat customers, or if you heard it on the show, commercial and residential painting, deck, fence, and cabin staining, cabinet and furniture refinishing. They'll even remove popcorn ceilings and wallpaper and they offer pressure washing find them on facebook or call 803-522-6832 a couple of painters proud partners of inside the gamecocks the show are you sick and tired of your business computer guy yes he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests yeah same here i'm paying him good money i constantly have issues and i'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly Oh, I feel that, man. My head hurts, but I have a good lead on a good idea. I'm calling your boy Matthew Odom today from Heritage Digital. Heritage Digital is an IT firm that specializes in making sure your IT network runs like a dream. If you have one or 500 employees, it doesn't matter. They do it all for one monthly fee and have clients from South Carolina all the way to California. 
Yeah, I heard that monthly fees low too. So I don't know why I didn't even think of that. Uh, do you have 843-699-1001 as Matt's contact number? Yeah, man, I sure do that. Or you can go to heritagedigital.com. Man, I hear they do a no-cost assessment. Boy, this will help me. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> I'm getting on that and encouraging everyone else to do the same. Heritage Digital, 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com, a proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. This is former All-American shortstop Drew Meyer, and you're listening to Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Go Gamecocks. Welcome back to Inside the Gamecocks, the show, everybody. Presented to you by Express Sunrooms in Columbia. Give John and his team a call, 803-446-4662, to set up a no-obligation consultation about a potential outdoor retreat for your home. And, of course, the first hour of the show is brought to you by Cindy Searfoss and the Coldwell Banker Kane Realty team here in the upstate. Give Cindy a call, 864-414-5271, to talk about all your upstate residential real estate needs. And of course, we could, I guess, label this handle your business weekend, right? Because that's yeah. pretty much what everybody did out there. I, I, I want to throw something <laughs> else in here real quick. I was not aware of this. I was down at the Citadel yesterday talking to Cooper and um, Tony Skoll after the game. And, you know, these opening weekends are in baseball. And we'll move on from baseball. I get it. But uh, you, you just never know sometimes uh, with, with opening weekend what you're going to get, what you're going to see, yada, yada, yada. So, um, we were talking about just some of the teams around the country that had kind of boogered it up a little bit. I know Tennessee got off to an 0-2 start. They did win yesterday, um, and they're going to be they're going to be okay. But Mississippi State did go two and one this weekend. They hosted VMI. Okay, um, Mississippi State is coached by for those that know the names Chris Lamonis, who played at the Citadel. Uh, he was on that World Series team in 1990 with. Dan McDonald and Tony and all those guys. And their pitching coach is Scott Foxhall, who played at the College of Charleston, pitched at the College of Charleston, coached at the College of Charleston with Ralph Civitary and John Pulowski, and then went on to NC State as a pitching coach. And then when Limo got the job at State, he went over there. Foxhall's some of the finest people you could ever possibly dream of meeting. I mean, they're just the nicest family in the world. Well, Scott Foxhall and Chris Lamonis are probably pull, if they've whatever hair they've got left, I cannot imagine it's still on top of their head because the Saturday loss to VMI. This you talk about a bad loss. They lost fourteen to thirteen. Here's why: VMI scored fourteen runs on seven hits. The issue was Mississippi State not only walked twelve key debts. They allowed, hold on to your britches, everybody, or in the words of Tweeter, hold, hold on to your nipples, 11 stolen bases in the game to VMI. You don't allow, in the SEC, go back and look at the stats, dude. You don't generally allow 11 in a month, 44 in a season, let alone 11 in a game. That is startling. So I don't know what they're going to do over there because – 
Some of that's going to be on the catchers, and a lot of it's going to be on the pitchers. But if you don't know how to hold runners and you don't know how to throw strikes, you're going to have a long damn year. So um, I don't know. I just want to point that out because it can be bad for some teams. That right there is awful. That's awful. And that's why when you were scouting UMass Lowell and we talked to everybody about them coming into that series, that's why that's good the Gamecocks sort of put them away early because that's the type of team, too. They get on base and they're going to start running and running and running. And, and you know, it could have been the Gamecocks uh, if, if they hadn't had such a good – uh, good, good outings from their starters, and also uh, hit the ball and scored a run. So, uh, I think it changes the confidence uh, of some of these teams that come into these SEC venues if they can get up and play with a lead, or uh, if the home team's making a bunch of mistakes and you're running crazy on the base pass. Uh, you know, and and the 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 pessimist in me uh, just kind of had a gut feeling maybe one of those games against US Lowell would be like that because they're. Their base stealing prowess is legit, but no, never happened. They never got anything going, and then their pitching completely fell apart. I thought, I mean, how many hit batters uh, in the in the series? And then our guy Kip Bachnight, who the more I listen to Kip Bachnight, the more I'm like, I really appreciate this guy as a as a as a color analyst and and just a a student of the era, a, a part of the game, really a part of the program. Because he was just talking, he's like, "Boy, if this were back in my day, a batter would get hit the next the next series." But he's like, "It's a little different nowadays." But boy, back then, you know, you'd retaliate, you know, all that good stuff. And I was like, "Well, that's baseball, man. I love that." Uh, I thought, uh, yeah, not not everybody's a big Kip guy, but uh, I am. I think I think he, I think he's funny. I think he's he's funny and he's uh, insightful at the same time. And I think that's a pretty good combo for any kind of announcement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was interesting the way the game shaped up yesterday, and that you know you go five scoreless innings, and then we're like, okay, guys, can we win? You know, the one to nothing, two to one game that this could be shaping up to be, and then of course the floodgates just opened up at the <laughs> at the plate, and then yeah. raining runs down again. Um, but yeah, you know, good to see that like we that. were able to start that. That was my thing is that, you know, it's like, okay, good to see we're going to be continue to be the aggressor as we have been in the past couple of days, even though we're a little cold starting out the game, but then, okay, we're the ones who scored the first runs. And then it's like, now they're playing from you know behind and, and they just didn't have what it took to, to get ahead at all. <laughs> they couldn't get any, like you said, JC, they just couldn't get anything going this weekend. So that's yeah, off yeah. to, uh, you, you mess a lot had but, to do with, the Gamecocks. Hats off to baseball. Yeah, some of those balls that left the yard were absolutely unbelievable. You mentioned the uh, the basketball win this weekend. Good thing they got it because they got <laughs> Alabama and Tennessee uh, the next two games. Alabama is at Colonial Life Arena on Wednesday night. At uh, you got to love these nine o'clock Eastern tips. I, I still, for the life of me, cannot figure out why they think that that's okay. I, I just. I mean, how do you take kids to a 9 o'clock game on a Wednesday night? Not that there's a lot of people going right now anyways because they're not very good, but if they were, that just sucks, and then they got to go to Tennessee. Now, Tennessee's been struggling a little bit, but that Carolina against Tennessee the last couple of years has been, um, I don't know. I don't even know they they don't respond that. well. This team so does not You're play telling well us against, there's a chance. No. <laughs> against 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 teams that play really tight defense like that. I mean, AM was a struggle. Tennessee's a struggle. Vandy guarded them well the first half. I mean, it, it's just it's a tough matchup. And then Alabama, of course, shoots 
shoots threes. They got a couple of South Carolina kids on their team. They're ranked number one in the country in men's basketball. How about that? As yeah. good as as good as they've been at football, you know. Now here comes, you know, they're they're they're, they're rediscovering the Wimp Sanderson era. In when is the last Alabama? JC, you got a you, you've got a pretty good memory on this, Phil. Correct me if I'm wrong. Has there been anybody that's come in number one since they upset Kentucky in 2010? Oh, that is a good question. Come to Colonial Life Arena. In Colonial was Virginia Life was Virginia number one that year? They played Frank's team at home. Uh, I don't know that year. It I was twenty. It was twenty ten. They beat number one. Yeah, it was twenty ten because the baseball, football, and basketball teams that year all mm-hmm. took down number one. Um, but I'm trying to. I, I cannot remember if there's been a number one in the gym in thirteen years or not. I don't think so. I don't know. That, that'll be interesting. I haven't mm-hmm. seen – I don't even know if I've got anything from the school previewing the game yet. I don't think I've got any. I'm sure we'll get it today. Um, their official release. I Hopefully, they're going to plug that stat in there because that's that's something interesting to know. I don't think they've beaten the number one since 2010, right, when they beat, when, when they beat Kentucky? No. They have not um, beaten a number one since then. Uh, well, can't give number, it uh, no, Virginia, Virginia was number five when they came in. So, okay. yeah, there has mm-hmm. not been a number one, I don't think, since that Kentucky team. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless so. somebody in the stream yard. Uh, well, can't, yeah, Howard said Kansas. Kansas hadn't come to Have they played here. Kansas at home since the Dave Odom era? I don't remember. No. I don't think Frank scheduled Kansas. I, I don't know. So – but the twenty the twenty ten game, that was Darren Horn. That was Horn, and it was Horn's second year. Yeah, so mm-hmm. that team was a losing team. But Devin Downey was a senior, but Devin had a great game. Uh, and that year also was the uh, the following, I guess, football season. Gamecocks beat number one Alabama uh, in football, and then I think they beat whoever number one was in baseball that year as well. Yeah. So it yeah, was kind of like, a, like a big number one, uh, number one cap type of deal. Um, so I think that was uh, that was good. Seventy six says I have a memory like an elephant, and he says he does uh, well to remember his own name some days, except for names. I mean, if you, you guys notice I've been slipping. I've been like that kid from uh, 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 yeah, I, I didn't even remember Schlossnagel's <laughs> name. Or, all right, which is one of the easiest names to remember in sports, Schlossnagel. Right? How do you not remember Schlossnagel? So I don't know. Maybe my brain is uh, not as sharp as it used to be, but I do remember games and, and stuff like that. And, um, you know, all that. Rick also chimes in. He says it's a Mayor McCheese Monday. Oh. I saw a Mayor McCheese cartoon on Instagram over the weekend where he's like directing a choir. Yep. Like a like a like a cheeseburger choir, and I thought he had a violin or so. I don't know what he was doing. He's the mayor. I didn't know he did an orchestra. But, um, but it's it a man of many talents. That mayor McCheese. It, it meant a lot to me to see that. I mean, it really did. So. Excuse me. Anyway, yeah. all right, time for another break. We got Keith up uh, top of the hour, so we're gonna hit a break now. Then we'll hit another break, and we'll be back after these messages. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. Oh, easy. He's got a tiger by the tail, he has. He better hang on, too. People have spoken. 
Nana's Porch was voted the third best food truck or trailer by the Charlotte newspaper Public Poll. Also, their pimento cheese mm, took third in a contest exclusively for products made in the state of North Carolina. I will let Noah Hall tell you about the rest. Nana's Porch, Southern Cuisine with an Uptown Twist. We're well into the new year and the days of being back in the pool and boat are quickly approaching. Many of us don't have the time to hit the gym, but Charleston Fitness Equipment can change that for you. Outfit your home with a treadmill, elliptical, or my favorite, a home rower that allows you to row with the pros all over the world. They have free weights, home gyms, flooring, and much more that makes keeping or getting in shape much more convenient. Located in Mount Pleasant, visit charlestonfitnessequipment.com for more. Get in shape like our Gamecocks. Charleston Fitness Equipment, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks. Top Nation. Do you need a place to stay for the big game? Many hotel booking engines keep all the commissions, but at Fan Plans, you support inside the Gamecocks, still earn your hotel loyalty points, and you receive an email with direct confirmation from the hotel. Whether you are visiting Columbia to cheer on Carolina or hitting the road to follow the team, get in the stands with Fan Plans. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Uh, this is Coach O. Now back to the show. Go Tigers and the soul. And we're back inside the Gamecocks, the show. Totally missed that. Hey, JB, welcome back. <laughs> Brought right. to you by Express Sunrooms in Columbia. Give John and his team a call. Set up an appointment to talk about how they can get some more sunshine into your life this summer. 864, sorry, 803-446-4662. That's right. He's right in Lexington. 803-446-4662 is the number to get in touch with John Barber. Then, of course, Cindy Searfoss and the Coldwell Banker Kane Realty Team here in the Upstate is the 864 number we talk about, 864-414-5271, to get in touch with Cindy Searfoss about all your Upstate residential real estate needs. 867-5309. I had to run downstairs. <laughs> I promised um, I promised Meredith this week I'd wear one of the hats she sent me, yep. and I realized this morning I I – just picked that one up and walked out the door to take the kids to school. And then I, I said, well, I better, I'll remind myself to change it when I get home. And I forgot. And so I was, I was staring at myself in the camera and said, Oh no, sorry, Meredith. Uh, but, uh, these hats are pretty sweet and I have a big, large dome and, uh, the low profile hats don't do it for me. I look like Popeye. So I have to have something that comes down, you know, that fits. I can't yeah. even wear a hat at all. It has to be a visor. That's how big my head is. So, well, this uh, Meredith though, fit. Meredith was very nice to send me some beanies. So I will. I wanted Ooh. to rock the haircut today because uh, the fiance said it looks pretty good. Oh so, yeah, looks good. The uh, gel I'll, have nice, the, I'll, nice I'll be back to the beanie look, uh, the visor look in no time. But uh, yeah, and I'm, I'm actually going to give some away. Some some some. We'll have some a little bit of trivia here. A little trivia, oh. giving away some McKellar Enterprises beanies. Today, so, uh, you're doing that today, that. not today because I can't model it. 
but till oh. tomorrow when I can model the product. <laughs> oh, so you're going to give them yeah. a hat off your head is what you're saying. No, the one I, I'm going to wear the one on my head and keep oh. it to keep my head warm. But I've got a little still, extra. Phil, we'll give them the shirts off our backs. That's right. Game worn. <laughs> we, right. we, we need we yeah. need to be just a, a little yeah. bit more popular for people to like want that you know yeah. get this thing. question right gets my handy uh, dandy speak for yourself after, JB. After, you don't after after the the show, and, and you, know. you don't see what happens in my dms yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> this was this was worn by phil mullinax in 2023 <laughs> the, the sex symbol i'm inside the gamecocks this show. somebody somebody's telling their grandchildren about <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, well, today, you know, I, uh, <laughs> I you know, I, I thought, I, I don't know, basketball. I, I, you know, I thought, I thought that was a good win for Lamont Paris and his group. I, I, I think that there had been a, you know, obviously with the negativity surrounding the program and Gigi Jackson and blah blah blah. You know, to go down there and have a game where Gigi played really well. Michi Johnson was off the charts. Jacoby Wright was really good. Hayden Brown, four guys in double figures. Josh Gray had his normal thing he's been doing where he just grabs a ton of rebounds and, and, and plays well. Um, you know, I, I like I said, I, I don't know that LSU is all that good. I, in fact, they're not. They're, 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 they're just kind of uh, – but somebody in the chat box said he, they still think LSU probably had better players than the Gamecocks top to bottom. And I tend to agree with that. But um also thought the Gamecocks – you know, when they're that's the key for them, and, and it's a tough thing because you can't always do it. Uh, and not a lot of teams can when they're hot from three and hot shooting, you know, they can hang with teams. Uh, and, and I think that gives them, uh, when they are hitting, that gives them a lot of confidence. Now they go cold, uh, things tend to snowball on this group. Um, and so, uh, and I was, I was talking to my buddy the other day, it's a basketball coach. He was like, you know, rebounding defense, he's like, th- those are the things that winning. You know, teams that can win when they're not shooting, that's what they preach, uh, is all that. And I'm sure that, uh, you know, that's going to be an emphasis moving forward. But with this team this year, uh, I mentioned on the Spurs Up show last week, I think, you know, these last few games of the season, just to get everybody feeling good, you know, play as well as you can, win win ones that you can. If it's one or two, who cares? Uh, And then use that momentum uh, and those – good and positive emotions to facilitate a good off season where, you know, as Mike Morgan said the other day, and as I heard over the weekend as well, the Gamecocks basketball team is going to be hard hitting the portal. Very, very hard uh, yeah, this oh, off season yeah. to try to yeah. continue to upgrade and get players in there where they can compete. So uh, it was good as 76 says in the chat box, good to see Gigi reengage and play well. So yeah, I mean, yeah. I agree with that. <laughs> Well, how much yeah. does the presence of Gigi Jackson this year, just having that top-tier recruit come in for your program, uh, kind of cloud how we can see, you know, the Lamont Paris era beginning? I mean, do we think that it's, you know, because I, I, I feel like when I watch this basketball team, I can't necessarily get a good feel for it, right? It's like it's not even live and die by Gigi because they've had, you know, success when he's been on the bench and, you know, there have been five other guys out on the court. And then there's evenings like this past weekend where he's on the court doing well and the team wins again. It's like, do you think the presence of having somebody like that on this team is is kind of affecting whether or not we can see, you know, kind of into the future, if you will, or or what style of basketball Lamont Paris is actually going to try to put out there. Not say, you know, next year not having a top-tier recruit. 
I think it's a good point, Phil, because I think there was so much emphasis on Gigi coming in that, you know, that's kind of the show. I mean, you kind of, well, how's Gigi doing? I mean, and, and a lot of these other guys were not uh, well-known uh, at all, even the guys that came back. Um, and so that's kind of the, I, I think that, I, I think that, I'm not, I'm not going to say it's blinded people, but I, I think it's, you know, when you when you're trying to break down Lamont Paris and his era so far, uh, you know, Gigi's a, a huge part of that conversation for obvious reasons. And I also think, and I mentioned this last week too, it's imperative that you know, look, you, you're probably not going to change the narrative on this season when you're a bottom team in the SEC. That's kind of where this team is, where the mm-hmm. program is in Paris's first year. But you can change the narrative about a top player having a, a great experience at South Carolina and saying, hey, you know, here's where I got and I stayed home and it didn't, you know, it, it didn't negatively impact me. What you don't want to have happen is, my God, I wish I hadn't gone to Carolina. You know, I uh, wish I'd have maybe waited and gone to North Carolina or, you know, gone someplace else uh, and played for another coach. You know, th- that that stuff can be damaging when you're trying to fight that uphill battle to get top guys from within the state to stay home because, you know, so many guys have left the state good, bad, or indifferent in basketball. And, you know, some guys have left the state, you never hear from them again. Now, some guys have gone, you know, up the road and they're playing. I mean, you got that Noah Clowney kid playing for Alabama. He's on the number one team in the country, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so you, 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 you kind of aren't sitting on a lot of ammo to convince guys to stay unless guys like Gigi Jackson have great experiences. And, and, and so I think the key right now for the rest of the year is, you know, yes, coach win as much as you can, but you sort of hope that Gigi can build off this performance and, and can go out, you know, feeling really good about his decision um, when that time comes, because I, I think that only helps recruiting moving forward. Yeah, I mean, I just think there's, I think there's a bunch that goes into it. I mean, um, I, I don't know. I'm not in the locker room. Certainly, don't understand the ins and outs of of what these guys are and are not doing, saying, thinking, feeling the whole nine yards. I know this weekend when you sh- shoot 15 of 32 from long range, you got a pretty good chance to win games, and uh, and they certainly did that. And uh, they only missed one free throw. I mean, you miss one free throw in a game. And you fire off 50% from long range, and that 50% means you also hit 15 of them, you're probably going to win. Uh, but, yeah. you you know, you, you, the one thing you can do consistently, or you should be able to do, it's a lost art, but you should be able to hit free throws. You're not going to hit 15 three-pointers a night. That's the basketball side. The other side of it, to your point, Phil, is, um, you know, I just, I just think it's one of those things we don't know we don't know. We're all going to be judgmental from a distance. We're all going to look at social media and watch – Instagram live and all these other things and, and, you know, rush to judgment. I, I don't, I don't know the answer. I, I do know, I mentioned at the beginning of the year, there's a bunch of dudes playing together that um, had never played together before under a coaching staff. They'd never played under before a bunch of coaches coaching a bunch of dudes. They've never coached before. And that can be a recipe for a disaster. Um, you know, they start off two and Oh, they beat Clemson. And you think, okay, well, maybe this group can, is going to be a little bit better than we thought. I thought personally they would probably get better as the season went along. Um, I don't. I wouldn't say that I'm at all correct in that assessment. I, I think that they. I think some things have gotten better and some things aren't as much better. Um, if you 
did the whole gun to the head thing. Do you think that this is a real team? You know, I might be, you know, if Coach Paris is watching this right now, he's probably going to go, this guy's an idiot. But I, it doesn't appear that way. You know, I, I don't look at this and think, well, this is a really tight-knit team and they're going to win together and lose together and all those things. Is that just because of what we have seen from their star freshmen? Maybe. Um, you know, it just doesn't appear like it's a, it's a group of players that is, that's out there playing for one another. That's what it looks like. Um, I don't know that to be true. I don't want that to end up on a message board. Like that's something that I'm saying is true. Cause I don't know that it's just what it looks like. And, um, unfortunately that's where they are. So to your point, JC, I, you know, they're going to, yeah, they're, they're going to hit the portal. They're going to hammer the portal. And, um, you know, I think players across the country need to understand something. Um, you know, if as easy as it is for you to just hop up and leave whenever you feel like leaving and do whatever you want to do because that's what's best for you. You know, all glory to God, respect my decision, go get the bag, the whole nine yards. Well, it's, you know, if coaches decide that you're replaceable and there's somebody out there that's better than you, they're going to go get them. And that might mean it's time for you to move on. So, you know, in this, uh, in this cut, in this cutthroat world, when it's not the old days of five, six years, and let's see what's going on then, you've got two or three. Uh, you gotta go, you gotta go, you gotta do it. And, uh, so I think that, um, I think, yeah, I think once the final whistle is blown, I, I think there's going to be significant, significant change, uh, on this roster and in that locker room. Yeah, that's the hope. And you, and you make some good points there. Um, speaking of change football, you mentioned this earlier, the, the, the rules changes, Okay, so I guess there's a, a feeling out there that college football games are too long. I don't know that I'd buy that. Uh, I, I Maybe, I guess. Uh, look, we sit here and talk this sport to death 353 game, days a year because there's only 12 guaranteed game days. Um, I remember the last time they tried to go down this path. It was in 03. Uh, and I remember uh, I was working in, in the state of Georgia at the time. It was right before I went to Rivals. I was at the Gainesville Times. And uh, I remember sitting there and Mark Rick was like, well, why are we short? Because they put in a bunch of rules that year that, and then they clawed them back the next where they, you know, shortened the games, whatever end of the half was, was quicker, whatever. And he's like, why are we taking away what the fans love, which is watching us play football? He's like, that doesn't make any sense to me. So I always kind of agreed with him. Now, some of these are common sense types of things that, yeah, okay. I don't think there'd be a problem with it, but then like, there's a fourth one where it's like, well, we're, we're, we're not going to stop the clock. Um, and, uh, you know, we're going to stop it until we can spot it after an incomplete pass and then start it again. And that to me impacts like the strategy of the sport. And I don't like any rule changes that do that. I mean, I think it all somewhat affects the strategy, but I'm like, you know, I, I didn't think it was that big of a deal. Uh, you know, the length of these games, I, I, you know, I, I do think it's sort of, you know, like before the Gator Bowl, you know, I'm, I wanted to just walk through the daggum, uh, you know, TV and dump the mayonnaise on Dave Dorn and Mike Loxley, two of my favorite coaches in the world, myself, and get that abomination of a game off so we could watch the Gamecocks and Notre Dame. And that was, you know, so that was, a, you know, that that's kind of the only time I feel like uh, it affects me. But, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I just I, I just don't know. Uh, about shortening the games. Because like I said, when it happened 20 years ago, and, and they seem to want to do this once every 10, 15, 20 years, uh, it made the games really short. And you almost felt like you're kind of missing something. So I, I, I don't know. 
What do you guys think? Well, and let's let's read the rules real quick. One, they would pro- prohibit consecutive timeouts, basically saying you can ice the kicker once, you can't ice him twice or three times. Um, you could know. Oh, okay, there's 30 seconds. Okay, yeah. So, <laughs> so we, yeah. there you go. We shaved 30 seconds here. So there's one. Uh, the second one, they would no longer extend the first or the third quarter for an untimed down if the quarter ends on a defensive penalty. Um, the down would be clocked, uh, clock starting the next quarter, which uh, I don't have enough information on that, how that's actually affected football games, how many times it happens in a season, but okay. And then okay. you've got three and four here, which are the ones that it would be significant. And JC, you mentioned them both, but the clock will continue to run after an offense gains a first down, except inside of two minutes and a half. So second and fourth quarter ends in second and fourth quarter. Uh, the clock will not be running. Uh, if they gain a first down, and then this is the controversial one, right? The clock will run after an incomplete pass once the ball is is spotted. So you throw a ball out of bounds. All right. So here's where I'm 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 hung up. I know we got to go to break, but this is where I'm hung up. You got seven seconds to go. You're on the four the the 34 yard line, and and you're looking at a 51 yard field goal. You run a play. You got no timeouts left. You throw the ball out of bounds with two seconds left on the clock. You run your field goal kicker out there to try to kick it, win it, or tie it. So what you're telling me is, once you, throw, you better get it off. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I don't. Why? I mean, what? It, can, can they? Can they amend that rule to like maybe? Also, final two minutes of the half, like we we won't run the clock anymore off of incompletions or I, that. There's something that's going to affect the outcome of games. Bad rules affecting the outcome of games. I'm not in favor of good rules. I am. I don't. I don't think this is a good rule. I don't know. I'm with you there. No, I mean, if you made it look a bit more like the NFL, I could kind of understand that. But even then, you know, you can't. But you're going to have to preserve a timeout in your scenario, JB, to, to make any kind of, you know, headway. Because you, you're not going to be able to run an entire personnel group on and off the field in, you know, less than five seconds. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, I mean, this isn't soccer. This no, is football. Right. So, I mean, <laughs> I, and, and by the way, let me let me ask you a question. And, I, uh, again, we got to go to break. But who are the college football, quote, executives that are coming up with it? Name, can somebody name them for me? Who are they? <laughs> Probably the like, same people that the play the playoff that are on the playoff committee that are just disappointing. Year I mean, put your name to it. I mean, if your name is John, well, that was John Smith. Well, he's a former congressman in the state of New York. I don't give a crap what his opinion is. You know, if it's, I don't know, if it's Barry Alvarez or you know, you know, somebody who's like been around it for a while and can present some actual evidence as to why it's better, I'm all ears. But somebody yeah. needs to name college football executives. Like, publish that list. Who of are people. they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who who is this august body that is controlling everything? Yeah, who knows? Just crazy. All right. You know, it's the guys that make all the decisions, right? And like uh, the deciders, like some of these, like whatever is the rule. Whatever is the rules, man. It's like you know, there's like twenty people that that aren't on the record with it. One or two that are. So. Yeah, maybe it's, it's a Disney executives because they didn't propose cutting back the times for commercial breaks. No. Oh, gee whiz. Mm. Mickey Mouse. If you'll notice. <laughs> we got to shorten college football, huh? Gee. I mean, everybody's always. You know. Gork, Mickey. I guess college football does need to be a little shorter. <laughs> yep, gorsh. 
Maybe I don't think Disney's happy with you. JC. I don't think Disney's happy with you as you've scared people off for the last few months. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Disney commercial. <laughs> don't, don't let this that's, guy that's not gonna be, uh, we're, we're we're adjusting that pretty soon, guys. That's just the planning of it. Yeah, the, yeah. JC is <laughs> JC is Carolyn's biggest advocate. <laughs> Huge six Dollywood, points. man. Dollywood. Dollywood. All right, everybody. Yep, we'll see you after the break with Keith Allsup. Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. The home of Oventon, Velotric, Magnum Bikes, and more, they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Their electric bikes are equipped with five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle so you can ride longer, handle the heat better, but still get great exercise. Bikes are available for all ages and sizes. Visit electricbikescharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant if you're in the Lowcountry. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. The real estate market has changed dramatically from just a year ago. Rates, supply, demand, all of your traditional factors are in a transition phase. That's why if you or someone you know are considering making a move in the low country, contact me, JB, at Coast to Coast Realty. I work with an outstanding support cast of attorneys, lenders, inspectors, insurance agents, and more, all of whom are valuable in helping find a way for you to comfortably make your real estate decision. That's right. Call me, JB, your low country real estate broadcaster. Golfers and wannabe golfers, former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor is now a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina. In-person golf lessons are held at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course nine or 18 holes. And if you're outside of South Carolina, Meredith conducts virtual lessons. Just send in your golf swing for analysis. Gift cards are available for in-person one-hour lessons. Connect on Twitter, at Mayor Taylor, and find her online at McKellarEnterprises.org. Her email is on the website. Schedule your next lesson today with Meredith Taylor, former Gamecock golfer. You're tuned into Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Sideline it picked off. Brad Edwards will get a convoy. Touchdown, South Carolina. Chicken's got some racial spurs, spurs, spurs. You ain't just a bird, bird, bird. You're top of the coop, star of the show. You're a rooster who was born to crow. Well, I bet you wonder when, when you win or lost a step or two. Fell down the pecking order, couldn't fight like you. Welcome into the second hour of Inside the Gamecocks, the show brought to you by Express Sunrooms of Columbia. Give John and his team a call to talk about potentially enclosing a porch or patio for you to enjoy the outdoors and <coughs> summer bug free. Uh, we would all love that. Bugs everywhere, but give them a call, 803-446-4662. And I don't know about y'all, but the bugs here in the upcountry are uh, already they out. They yeah. see them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. We, we, spent, them we were in Harbor here. Island. Oh, God. We we took a vacation down in Harbor Island right outside of Beaufort a couple years ago. And there was this zone between the house that we were in and basically the surf where you would just get attacked. I mean, you come back, there'd be welts all over you by the time you got to the <laughs> yeah. time you got to the water. And then you didn't want to leave the water because you knew you had to make that slog back through there and just be itch, 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 itch. <laughs> but anyway, we're joined by Keith Alsep of Gamecock Pod Live, which is on Wednesdays. 
what at uh, two Eastern, and then Gamecock Pod Daily. Sorry, Keith, we're trying to get ourselves around the, <laughs> <I know. laughs> the rebrand here. I almost, I almost here. boogered it up earlier. So. Uh, Liz, I know. <laughs> Gamecock Pod Daily, catch him on Patreon. Well worth this, the minimal fee you pay to hear Keith. And then, uh, of course, you get to hear Keith all set up on the McKellar Enterprises guest line every Monday here at noon. Welcome in, Keith. Good to have you. Hey, guys. It's just great to be alive after uh, the weekend of baseball that I umpired. I took three fastballs directly to the mass because the catcher just simply couldn't get his arm up. I wanted to ask him, hey, do do you need some Viagra to get it up? I mean, dude. (laughs) Well, it's better than taking three to the nuts or the throat. Well, that's true, but that's why you wear a cup. (laughs) Yeah, I was a catcher sometimes wearing a cup. Every time my mask just goes, which is a good thing because if you have your mask on too tight and you get hit and your mask doesn't move, you're probably getting concussed. Well, Keith, you know, the the trick to that is is you do what an umpire did to me one time when I had our 17s. And my my, my guy was just having a tough time. He was just having a tough day. It was out of sorts for him. But he walked over to me and he said, I'm just going to be honest with you. And I said, yeah, I know you're getting banged up. He goes, for every time I get hit from here on out, anything that is even remotely close to a strike on the corner is going to be called a ball. So you better catch it. There you go. I said, okay, we'll catch them. (laughs) Jeez. You know what? Uh, We threw a lot of strikes after that. So, you know. I guess that's a good thing. Keith, yeah. you've been talking all year about the women's basketball team needing to have a challenge. Uh, pretty good challenge uh, against Old Miss on, on Sunday, yesterday. Uh, I thought, though, that once they got to overtime, the Gamecocks could control the game and uh, did what they needed to do. But, but your thoughts about all, all that and what transpired in Oxford over the weekend? All right, so – you know, last Sunday was, you know, one versus two or three, depending on the poll. That was a big challenge game. South Carolina blew LSU out. Then Cynthia Jordan, who's been with Dawn Staley since her playing days at Temple, and Florida comes in to Colonial Life Arena on Thursday. The game's over by halftime. Gamecocks. 29 to 15 after the first quarter, and it was 51 to 21 at halftime. And so they just rested and coasted. And you look ahead, you've got Tennessee coming up Thursday. And then you're going to have a very emotional senior day on Sunday at Colonial Life Arena to close out the season against Georgia. And I just think, It was a trap game, and South Carolina, number one, did not look locked in. They were not very patient offensively. And then you see Aaliyah Boston's got her right hand wrapped up. Letitia Amihir has her right hand wrapped up, and it looked very swollen the few minutes she was in. She couldn't go. I just really didn't think South Carolina was locked in. I thought it was a sandwich game. They were flat as a sheet of paper. 
and it showed. Ole Miss is a pretty good team, okay? But they don't have anybody that would be in South Carolina's first eight or nine players. And, you know, fortunately for South Carolina this year, they've been able to prevail. Last year, they went through that murder row non-con schedule. Then you think, oh, we're just playing Missouri. Bam, you lose. And then for whatever reason in the SEC tournament final, they just took the foot off the gas in the fourth quarter against Kentucky and they lost. And so the only team in, the, in America that can beat South Carolina women's basketball is South Carolina's women's basketball team. Because when they are locked in and when they bring their A game, there is no team in the NCAA that can beat them. Well, so what, how do you how does this carry over, Keith? Because they're they're not done. They got to go they've, they've, in three days. They're going to be in Knoxville against a, a team that if there's anybody that that wants to beat them, it's Tennessee. I mean, Tennessee obviously beat one of two the one of the two most storied programs in the history of the of the sport in women's basketball. You know, they're looking to reclaim their spot atop the SEC. They certainly don't like the fact that LSU has made the gains that they have. They're not happy that it is South Carolina and pretty much everybody else. And here's their opportunity coming up on uh, on Thursday night, nationally televised, seven o'clock on ESPN. And, and yeah, it's not it's not your your mom or your dad's Tennessee, but they're 20 and nine, 12 and two. They're having a nice year. Uh, JB, they are having a nice year in what is a down SEC. Yeah. They put up on the monitor yesterday that eight teams from the SEC could be in the NCAA tournament. I just don't understand how or why. Um, because I don't think probably those last two or three teams, the resume is worthy, quite frankly. But Tennessee is really good. They've had some injuries. They've had players down. Uh, they lost their starting center, Tamari Key, very early, a 6-5 post for the season. And so they've got the dynamic duo of Rakia Jackson and Jordy Horston, who South Carolina wanted both of them. Uh, both of those uh, young ladies and Zia Cook all played AAU basketball together. They all took their official visits together. Uh, Horston picked Tennessee. Cook picks South Carolina, and Rakia Jackson came down to South Carolina and Mississippi State. And I really think her mom wanted her at South Carolina, and she wanted to be different, went to Mississippi State. You know, they had the coaching change. Uh, she went through some other difficulties there, transferred to Tennessee. And they're they've been playing their best basketball. And um, – but I also think you'll see a much more locked-in South Carolina team because the last time South Carolina played at Thompson Bowling Arena was two years ago, and I think it might have been their last – it was their last loss of the season until the Final Four, and they just were up, I think, nine at half and just uh, came out of the locker room and couldn't – throw it in the ocean, standing knee-deep in it, and lost. And so 
I think South Carolina knew Tennessee was going to be a huge challenge, and I kind of think they got caught looking ahead yesterday. If they if they if they beat Tennessee on Wednesday, they that they that clinches the uh, regular season title, right? That is correct. Well, a share of the sure. title, the, but it yeah. would clinch uh, the number one seed in the SEC tournament because South Carolina, if they then lost to Georgia and LSU wins out, both would be fifteen and one. But by virtue of uh, that head to head blowout uh, South Carolina uh, would be the number one seed in the SEC tournament but they would have to share the regular season title with LSU even though they you know beat them what was it 88 to 64 I think yeah yeah it was a lot to a little I know that <laughs> yeah yeah the, 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 I was gonna say Keith we're, we're many where we've seen many teams try and 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 fail um you know, Ole Miss looked like it finally put together, uh, you know, some sort of strategy to where you could, you know, kind of bottle up Aaliyah Boston. Is this going to be, you know, is it is that going to continue to be an effective strategy for other teams to try to implement moving forward? Or was just the, uh, you know, the, you know, the players around her not stepping up, you know, because we've seen them, you know, double, triple team Aaliyah before. And then, you know, you got. Cardoso and Cook and everybody else just, you know, filling in the gaps and coming up big with, uh, you know, perimeter shots and things like that. Are we, I mean, is that the formula, what we saw this weekend as to how to stop the number one player in the country? Well, I mean, if she shoots four of 14 and only makes five of 10 from the free throw line, probably so. But Ole Miss didn't do anything that nobody else has, has not done all year. Mm-hmm. They zoned, they collapsed the zone. Cardoso was only four of nine from point-blank range. Well, I think she did take one jump shot. So 50% from point-blank range, which is not good enough, quite frankly. And Boston had several shots that just went in and out. I do think that wrap on her right hand kind of hampered her a little bit. Uh, Texting with some folks, they said she may have kind of been under the weather as well a little bit, but she gutted it out. And, you know, Zia Cook got off to a hot start, and then she kind of got on a Russell Westbrook run to where she was not turning down a shot. And she finished 7 of 18, uh, 2 of 5 from 3, but 8 of 9 from the free throw line. Gamecocks only made 37.7% from the field. That is not their average. They missed a lot of very makeable shots. And Boston had five of the seven missed free throws by the team, which, again, very uncharacteristic of her. I look for South Carolina to bounce back and have their A game Thursday in Thompson Bowling Arena. Keith Allsepp. Gamecock Pod Live, Gamecock Pod Daily. Let me. I, I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not trying to turn this into a negative. I do. We do need to get to the men and stuff with you too. But my final, at least my final, quick question on on the women's side of things. Um, you know, clearly they're the best team in the country. They are the favorite to win the national championship and anything that comes before that. There, there, there's no doubt about it. However, as they get deeper into the NCAA tournament, and quite frankly, Keith, when they get into the 
which we're all expecting to see them in the SEC championship game uh, in the uh, in the turn in the SEC tournament. Um, it's anticipated that they're going to once again be facing the best teams in the country, more than likely LSU again. And then once you get down the road, who knows whether that's Stanford or or UConn or whoever it may be. Um, the last three or four games that they have, they've struggled. Let's just say that from the free throw line, they're, they're not hitting them at a clip that they need to hit them from to win at that time of the year. Is that concerning or is it a phase or how would you kind of chop that thing up? I mean, to me, it is concerning because going into the LSU game, South Carolina was shooting 73% as a team from the free throw line overall. And I think about 71% in SEC play, maybe I got it backwards, uh, but they have been a very good free throw shooting team. And Aaliyah Boston is normally close to an 80% free throw shooter. And so if she makes eight of 10 yesterday, they're 18 for 22, which is damn good. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the misses against LSU, you know, it's hard to kind of quantify that. I mean, it, they they started eight of 18 from the free throw line and I think finished 14 for 26. Um, you know, I don't have the Florida stats in front of me. I do think they shot it pretty good against the Gators. But also in that second half, you kind of have to factor in players that are not going to be a part of the postseason rotation. We're playing a lot of the minutes in the second half of that game. That's a good point. JC, Mm -hmm. if you want to cut your mic on, then we'll be able to, yeah. But it's up to you. Freshly out. Yeah, I had a cough a a little while back, so I had to do that. Um, So so, uh, the men, uh, like Gigi settled in, was having fun playing again. They hit 15 three-pointers on the road. Uh, not a very good LSU team, but uh, I think you take it for a lot of different reasons just because uh, I do think it's important to have some positivity heading into the offseason uh, for a number of reasons if you're Lamont Paris. But uh, I, I thought it was a good all-around win. You know, uh, LSU, I think, I think, still probably has better players than the Gamecocks if, if you really drilled it down. But, you know, when you make 15 threes like that and, you know, you don't let them get back in it, uh, I think your chances are pretty good to win. Well, I mean, Lamont Paris, do we need to start calling him the, the possum? Because, uh, you know, it's just like reverse roadkill. You can't win at home. You lose to Ole Miss at home. You go to Oxford, you beat them. You lose to freaking Vanderbilt, who, by the way, is decent. But still a game that if you play like you have played on the road in your SEC road wins, you're going to win. But they just – stink it up at home. I mean, yeah, they closed it to, what, a 9 or 11-point game, but I mean, they were down by over 20 for the vast majority of that game, 20-plus point deficit until, you know, it was just too little too late. But, I mean, J.C., you nailed it. I mean, the difference in this game on Saturday is from downtown. Gamecocks 15 of 32 from downtown, and 17 of 18 from the free throw line, maybe 
the women need to be shooting free throws with the men because they it, they shot it really well. And then LSU just seven of twenty one from downtown. Okay, let's uh, look at some stats here. So, and LSU fourteen of twenty six from the free throw line. I mean that's where you won the game from behind the three point line and at the free throw line. Gamecock shoot 46%, LSU 42%. South Carolina had twice as many turnovers as LSU, 12 to 6. LSU had 23 second chance points to only 16 for South Carolina and points in the paint. LSU 36, South Carolina just 20, but the Gamecocks 20 assists on 25 made field goals, which is really big and it was just a night where for South Carolina or an afternoon I should say I, I was at a four hour and 45 minute 6a scrimmage with uh, last year's defending state champion Georgetown versus maybe the best team in our area this year Lake Travis and so when I got out to my car after scrimmage was over I looked at it and I was like well not really a shocker because LSU's not very good, and thank God it was not in Colonial Life Arena because this team plays better on the road for whatever reason. But I mean, it's make or miss, and you know, South Carolina made them. Jacoby Wright five of eight from distance. Michi Johnson five of nine from distance. Gigi Jackson four of ten, and six of six from the free throw line. Hayden Brown. Seven of seven from the free throw line. Mm -hmm. And so you had those four guys. You didn't have Chico Carter. And, uh, you know, Jacoby Wright, 18. Michi Johnson and Gigi Jackson, 20. And Hayden Brown, 16. And that was enough. Gamecocks led wire to wire in Baton Rouge against a guy that after the search went sideways with Sean Miller, everybody wanted, you know. But, I mean, look, let's face it, LSU was a, basically the Titanic with Will Wade uh, at the wheel. And, you know, the rats were jumping off as quickly as they could uh, from that sinking ship. And so Matt McMahon, you know, he's, he got a, he's got a rebuilding deal as well. And uh, so we'll see. Interesting head-to-head. Matt McMahon, clearly the more popular candidate uh, in Gamecock Nation than Lamont Paris. And Paris goes to Pete Maravich Center in Baton Rouge and gets the win. What do we expect the next two we- next two games? You got Alabama, Tennessee. I think it's great they got that win because uh, winter is coming. <laughs> winter is <laughs> coming. You're a Game of Thrones reference. It's 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 essentially the Crimson Tide could be like the Red Wedding. Okay. Let me let me let me ask you let me ask you something more specific. You you're you are a quote unquote basketball guy. How do you beat Alabama? I think you have to. You have to keep them off the offensive glass and you have to really defend the three-point line 
And I don't think South Carolina can do either against Alabama. No. Plus, I mean, that team, I mean, they're killers. I mean, bottom line. Yeah, they they are really fun to watch. I I, I just it it still I I still sometimes look up and go, oh my god, Alabama's the number one basket basketball team in the country. I mean, what will we equate that to in in football? Like, uh, I'm, I don't even know Vanderbilt. I mean, Alabama used to be terrible in basketball. I mean, look, Alabama's been really good for a long time. I mean, it used to be back when I was a kid. You know, there were two sports in Alabama, football and spring football. Okay, well, then Alabama started getting good in basketball because they started cheating. Okay, they started, you know, getting guys like Robert Ory and, and, you know, just a plethora of guys in the 90s into the early 2000s. And... You know, then they recycled. Anthony Grant didn't get it done. Uh, what was the guy's name? He's he coached. Hey, Avery Avery Johnson. No, not before him. Uh, the guy that went to NC State and he got fired because he was cheating oh, too. Mark Godfrey. Mark Godfrey. Godfrey. That's it. Yeah, the uh, nephew, I think, of uh, the ESPN football announcer. I mean, man, Godfrey was just buying players i mean they would go to the sweet 16 he's one of these guys that in timeouts and crunch time great coaches are in there coaching their teams and guys that really don't know what the hell they're doing they're standing there with their hands in their pants profiling in their thousand dollar suits and that was him and so they went through anthony grant avery johnson was kind of up and down both of those guys got fired and now they got a guy that you know, is really getting it done. And, um, you know, I was asked on another show about him potentially being the next head coach at Texas, Nate Oates. And I'm like, what's wrong with my guy, Rod Terry? I mean, he, he didn't get it done as a head coach at UTEP. But I've known that guy since the, the 90s when he worked for my friend Jerry Wainwright at, at UNC Wilmington. And he's been a Rick Barnes guy. By, and by the way, South Carolina is going to Thompson Bowling Arena themselves uh, this coming weekend. And they got beat by a 40-piece in Colonial Life Arena the last time they played Tennessee. But, I mean, Nate Oates has really got it going. He's a great recruiter. The players have bought into his system. They're long. They're athletic. They can guard. They get up and down. They score a lot of points. And I mean, it's almost like playing Alabama football. I mean, good luck. Well, the whole the whole university right now, you know, Rammer Jammer, Yellow Hammer, give them hell, Alabama. I mean, the baseball team's in the top twenty. The basketball team's number one. The football team, you know, they're not not too not too bad. You know, I guess they're kind of an up and coming program. We'll see what happens in the future with that Saban guy. But I mean, everybody over there is winning. Their softball team's always one of the best teams in the country. I mean, it's. Uh, by the way, does anybody know what a Yellow Hammer is? It's the name of the nickname of the state. It's a flower. No, it's not. It's a bird. I, I knew uh, it was either flower. The state or bird, bird is called the northern flicker. And I thought it might be like the the flower of Virginia, the dogwood, which is both a flower and a tree. 
Yeah, the uh, the Northern Flicker. I learned this when I first went over there. My at the time girlfriend wanted to make sure I knew everything about the great state of Alabama. And she said, it's called a northern flicker, but we call it a yellow hammer. I said, well, that makes about as much sense as having an elephant as your mascot when you're nicknamed the Crimson Tide. So whatever. I just My favorite Alabama mascot is the roll of toilet paper and then the box of Tide uh, detergent on the stick. Roll Tide. I mean... I, I, for I mean, when I was a kid growing up and they were the only game on TV, you would just see all the fans with the sticks with the box of Tide and a roll of toilet paper. I mean, after halftime, the toilet paper was smaller than it was to start the game, but still, was roll that the Tide. Same, was that the same toilet paper that J.C.'s buddy uh, burnt the tree down with or no? Or, or not burnt the tree that? down with, poisoned the tree with? Poisoned oh, he didn't use – uh, Toilet paper for that. That's the barners. They 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 rolled the trees uh, and tumors. No, I know, I know. I just didn't know. Maybe he chucked a roll of toilet paper up there before he poisoned the damn thing. He probably that dude. That dude was so intelligent. He probably thought he's covering his tracks. You know, hey, I'm just going. I'm also throw toilet paper up here like I'm an Auburn guy that won't poison these trees. I think. You know, he probably could have gotten away with it. He not called fine bomb and admitted to it. They have a record of the, the phone call, even though he said he was a. Uh, uh, so, if it weren't for those, darn I was kids working that dog. Uh, yeah. pharmaceuticals in my territory, was all the way to Bryan College Station. And I was on the way back from Bryan College Station that afternoon when that guy called. And it, it was just unbelievable to listen to that. And then you know, it all starts coming out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Do you remember I mean he, he was pissed off about them putting the Cam Newton jersey on the statue of Bear Bryant. You know, that just was a <laughs> killer. He, he's he, out of prison. He got out. They let him no, out but he's him. dead now, I think. He died. Yeah, he yeah. Did. Pretty sure he was dead. Yeah, yeah. 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 He's, he's he died. I, I remember the, the best. This was, it was a horrible thing because I, you know, I, I have no. I'm not big on going and you know that's ridiculous. I mean, you don't. I don't like anything about Clemson, but I'm not going to go up there and, and and poison their damn oak trees or whatever. But the, the, that was the looking back on it. The best part of the whole thing from a from a comedy standpoint was the reaction of Feinbaum. When he was like, "Well, now wait a second. What? Say that again? What do you mean? <laughs> huh? What do you, What do you mean you poisoned the trees? That was me. Okay. Uh, I'm just going to all. They just disgraced the statue of the greatest man to ever live, Paul Bear Bryant. So I went back down there and I poisoned them trees, dude." Harvey Updike. That's, that's, that's and one for Alabama, Alabama fans call Alabama fans the Updikes now. It's like one big family. So I'd love to talk to Paul. Uh, off, wasn't off he like Al from Dadeville? Wasn't that like his? He that, said his Dale name was Dadeville. Al from Dadeville. Dadeville. Yeah. I mean, if you're hey, speaking Harvey of Updike, wood, by the way, how about Gamecock baseball? Fourteen no. homers, forty-nine runs. Yeah. I mean, the most it's, runs in a series to open the season since 1980. JB hadn't even been born. Man. 
I wasn't a thought. I I thought I, I thought it was like as, as good of a start as possible. You know, I mean, I, I think it, I think it's also what everybody wanted to see. I don't think anybody had been happy with a four to two type of pitchers. So, um, and who would have thought Will Sanders would have had the worst start of the weekend? I did. I <laughs> thought he, he did. Would. Just, well, I mean, you are the baseball I mean, guy. No, the only, I was based that off of what Kingston said. You know, he said he expected Will to, to probably struggle, but it would bring they bring him along over. And he didn't pitch in the fall, and and they've been working on some things with him. I, I thought Mahoney threw well, and I thought Hall threw. Oh, well. Jack Mahoney. Yeah. What a great comeback for him. I mean, this guy hadn't pinched since May of 21, 5.2 innings, shutout baseball, nine strikeouts, no walks. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a hell too, of a man. first performance right there. I don't care who you're playing. I mean, oh, no doubt. yeah, I mean, look, UMass Lowell is uh, not probably going to be an NCAA tournament team, but if you're the Gamecocks, this is what you want, you know, not to lose a season series to Rhode Island or whoever the hell it was a couple of years ago. They lost too early. That's Northwestern and one Northwestern. Other. Yeah. Well, like, like I mentioned earlier, Keith, you know, that's they right. did what they were supposed that, to yeah. do. Yeah. They did what they were yeah. supposed to do, you know. Um, it was beat down. And the Mahoney thing versus, I mean, um, you know, Sanders, I know we got to go, but. It, like you said, Keith, you're right, because it was about him. It wasn't about who you were facing. It's about you, you know, and wh what are you doing? And that was the difference. You know, if that was an SEC team this weekend, Will Sanders probably gives up four or five runs, if not more than that. He was just at the top of the zone. You know, once he gets himself figured out, he's going to be fine, and he'll be. it'll probably come sooner than later. But Mahoney, it did, I don't think it mattered who he was facing yesterday. He was – he was as sharp as you could possibly be to open the season after not pitching two years. That's that was good, really good. So hey, so quick shout out to the only UMass Lowell alum I know, Martin DeBarros, in the Low Country, native of Long Island, New York, and high school basketball teammate of one Billy Donovan, who JC probably knows a little bit about. Now he's the head coach of the Chicago Bulls. Won two national championships with the Gators. And so I don't know if this guy's telling me the truth or not, even though we were roommates. He's a great guy. I joke. I, I knew he, he meant it. But so I'm at this clinic and I walk up to Billy Donovan and say, Hey, coach, uh, my good friend Mark DeBarros told me I should come up uh, and say hello to you. He said he played high school basketball with you. Is that true? He's like, oh, yeah, Mark D, that's my guy. And from then on out, you know, I had Buddy Harper on my team in prep school. Billy Donovan recruited him really hard, even though Sonny Vaccaro cut that deal in the Las Vegas Hilton um, before he even arrived at my school. Every time he saw me at a recruiting event, he would walk a even if it was walking all the way across the gym, he would walk across the gym to say hello and shake my hand. So, cool. Mark D, shout out to right you, on. Sarah, and the fam down there in Mount Pleasant. JC knows exactly who Billy Donovan is. He has uh, basically um, he has mirrored his haircut, as a matter of fact. <laughs> Beautiful stuff. <laughs> Good, <laughs> it really does look good. I mean, I'm proud of it. You know, it looks better than the crooked beanie. It looks great. 
Oh, I don't know. He, he does. I, they may have the same barber. J- JC, when he's had enough, Phil, have you noticed he just doesn't cut his mic back on? <laughs> but look, but we're, we're feigning troubles with the Bluetooth headset right now. Yeah, my, my head's, <laughs> I, I charged my headset for a good hour this morning. It just decides randomly to kick off. You know, oh, I guess I'm tired of this. And if I don't have it on, it's it's like echo. So I, I was trying to fix that and mute my mic. But yeah, I'd, unless Billy Donovan goes to the great clips in Homer Glen, Illinois, <laughs> can't see him uh, having the same haircut I do. What? But I, I, I see, you see a guy like that because I mean, Keith talked about million dollar suit or thousand dollar suits or whatever. Billy Donovan, he's the epitome of that. You see that guy rolling into great clips. Hey, I checked in on the app. Hey, Billy. <laughs> hey, Billy. Right. Welcome, Billy. Robert. Gold balls. I'm at cut right. your hair. He's probably you. wearing some Air Jordan gear when he probably arrives so. at uh, great clips. Probably so. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it was pretty awesome. All right, we're way behind, to guys. Own the franchise than he would be to walk in for a haircut, probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, those are. I think those are probably profitable these days. So. Hey, guys. So today on Gamecock Pod Daily, Emily Adams from the Greenville News. Tomorrow, Colin Taylor from Gamecock Central talking Gamecock baseball, men's basketball, and then Wednesday, Gamecock Pod Live, Brad Crawford. 24-7 sports, national college football writer, will be my guest. Last week's show is up on the YouTube page. Michael W. Bratton absolutely killed it. Loving Shane Beamer and the Gamecocks right now, but really question the hire of Dow Loggins. And so even though he agrees with me, Dow Loggins infinitely more qualified to run South Carolina's offense than the former guy. Not saying his name anymore, by the way. Uh, no more. Well, all right. Looking forward Thanks. to that, man. It's, all right. Well, looking forward to it. See you later. You guys have a good day. Oh, Big shoot. All right. No, go drop some ball plays. Keep all set from Gamecock Pod Live. Joins us every Monday. We'll be back after these messages on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope State Farm Insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right, even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass, Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside, all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan. And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Searfoss, 864-414-5271, Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs. 
Are you looking to buy a new home? Kevin O'Connell with Union Home Mortgage is a local mortgage expert and Gamecocks fan servicing North and South Carolina. Whether you're buying a home, building your dream home with new construction, or turning your equity into cash, UHM's world-class service will ensure you find the perfect mortgage to achieve your home ownership goals. Call Kevin at 803-906-0244 or visit UHM.com today. Union Home Mortgage is an equal housing lender. NMLS 2229 LONMLS 1772182. Hey man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. You know what, Phil? Let's ask Stone Blanton. Hey JC and Phil, if you want a solution to your IT problems, give Heritage Digital a call. Our boy Matt Odom has a low-cost, one-price solution that will get you running right. Call 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com and ask for Matt. He will hook you up today and tell them Stone City. This is Fresh and All-American, Nicky Memorial of the Carolina Gamecocks, and you are listening to The Show with JC and Phil. Welcome back to Inside the Gamecocks, the show, everyone. Just got wrapped up with Keith Alsup here. The show is brought to you by Express Sunrooms of Columbia. Give John and his team a call. 803-446-4662 is how to get in touch with them. You can also send them an email at johnb at expresssunrooms.com to talk to them about how they can bring a little bit more sunshine into your life this year. Dude, I was I was uh yesterday going down to watch the Citadel play baseball and uh Seaweed was in town this weekend, the Southeastern Wildlife Expo, which is which is pretty cool. It's a big money maker for Charleston, not this, that and the other. But um they had a um there was a um a a, a I, I don't know if they got it from electric bikes or not. I'll have to ask Michelle, but there was a group of people we were going this way and they were coming past us. There was, I think three or four, four of them, I think on electric bikes. Dude, <laughs> things are sweet, man. I, I mean, like, I mean, obviously I've seen it, but like seeing four people just easing along on one, you know, downtown, like down the road, they weren't pedaling. They were just breezing on by everybody. Uh, and, um, so, you know, Carrie was like, so when are you getting mine? And I was like, Oh, Go there, we'll, we'll, you know, figure out which one you want. But, um, yeah, it was this, they're pretty sweet. It, like, for moments like that, like, if you live somewhere, cl- like, if you live in Columbia, like, somewhere close to downtown, or if you live in, you know, close to downtown Charleston, and you just get to shoot over the West Ashley Bridge or something like that, and you don't really want to drive, you get, get on in your electric bike and, you know, just crank the damn thing up. And uh, so, if you want one of those and you want to make traffic much easier to get through, it's uh, Electric Bikes of Charleston, electricbikescharleston.com uh, here in the Low Country, but they sell bikes all over the state. I, I'm guessing that these people probably got them for, from uh, Michelle's store, Electric Bikes of Charleston, uh, because they were pretty sweet. I was trying to see the brand, but I just couldn't get close enough to see what they were. But at Electric Bikes of Charleston, you've got a Venton, Velotric Magnum bikes, and It'll run up to almost 30 miles an hour, 28 miles per hour, which that means you can go 28 miles in an hour for those wondering what that means. A full charge can run you about 60 miles and uh, you don't have to just uh, you don't have to just cruise. You can actually get some exercise if you'd like to and kick it into pedal assist mode whenever needed. The beach, the mountains, the midlands, wherever you are, it's electric bikes 
of Charleston, electrobikescharleston.com, Gamecock owned and operated. Have y'all, uh, Keith, have you, um, Keith, sorry, <laughs> Phil, I didn't mean to insult you like that. No, I'm kidding, Keith. Um, <laughs> have you, uh, have you, have you plugged in for your, uh, doo-doo brown Gamecock room? With, I uh, have not. I, I am I am bowing out gracefully from the promotion uh, oh. just because I didn't I don't I don't I don't want there to appear as if there were any impropriety should I win. So it was like we're just leaving that up for the audience to go in there. Yeah, it's a conflict of interest, right? Yeah. Well, if <laughs> it's anybody... like you know the old radio promos. It was like you know you, you if you've worked for the station, you can't win. Your mom can't win. Your your aunt and uncle can't. <laughs> if your aunt and uncle come in, they win. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, those, uh, for, I, for those of you that uh, can win and that aren't related to Phil. Uh, if you go to uh, the uh, couple of painters Facebook page, enter to win that Gamecock room. Remember, they service the whole state, South Carolina and uh, Georgia as well. I do want to answer this real quick, Sonder. No, I leave the island plenty. It's it's those are the people that I'm talking about. You could be one of the ones that just rides a bike in the middle of the road. It pisses off everybody else. At least it'd be an electric bike that's going 28 miles an hour instead of one of these doofuses that's pedaling. They got their helmet on. They get mad at you for passing them. I'm like you're in the middle of the road. What do you want me to do? Like I, I oh I yeah, these yeah. people are the worst. Oh, don't get me started on like, that crap up here in Greenville. It was like oh, one geez. of them. Just, one of them one day just when I lived in Georgia, one of them just went through an intersection one day and splat. Everybody's like, well, people should be more careful and respectful of people on bikes. I'm like, no, maybe you shouldn't just uh, ignore traffic rules if you're going to be on the road. And you know, a red light means stop. Not hey, if I'm on a bike, I can sneak through. Yeah, know, right. Got that whole share the road stickers and all that. And I want to slap a little, you know, addendum sticker yeah. to the bottom of it that says share the tax burden. I, I, I'm like, I respect people that bike because that's good <laughs> no, exercise, right? Oh, I'm not saying that. No, it's, yeah, yeah. I, I, I need an electric one to get around, you know. Well, it, <laughs> but, I mean, uh, I grew up in, in Mount Pleasant. You'd see it all the time, you know, yeah. uh, you know, places like Mathis Ferry and Rifle Range. And you're like, you know, there's just two lanes. There's cars coming against you. You can't get around them. Now you see it out here all the time on John's Island. I'm like, dude, you're like, I hate to say this, but you're probably going to get hit by a car just riding right in the middle of Maybank Highway like that. Like, somebody's not going to pay attention. Cars that don't pay attention run into other cars, let alone bicyclists, you know, like, uh, or cyclists. So, yeah, this is one of those things. I'm, 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 I'm stressed out about it for their, their right. safety because I'm certainly not on a bike. Sonder, by the way, is going to Electric Bikes of Charleston today because right. the girlfriend heard the plug. All right. You go, man. You go. This is baby. He, he also this, gives. This guy, I like this guy. I prefer cyclists over the golf cart people. Well, I'm a golf cart guy. Um, so it's easier for me to drink my vodka driving the golf cart around than it is the bike. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind the golf yeah. cart owners up here. It's when they let their kids drive that yeah. Oh, yeah. Me. Kids like, you know, control. you got people falling in the road. Yeah. And, you know. yeah. To his point there, there are some golf cart people too that are like, and you see it in the old village in Mount Pleasant all the time. You're like, come on, man. You know, come on. All right, I hope consulting mailbag questions from Twitter. You could tweet to us at the Big Spur Pod or email inside the game guys at gmail.com. Because if coming in from Trace with the new rules, does this mean that uh, spiking the ball would not stop the clock? According to one of the changes, that would be the case. Uh, yeah. Now, it'll stop it until they get it reset, but it's not like uh, a normal down where, like we have it now, where if you spike it, you get to line back up, stop the clock, reset, blah, 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 blah. 
Um, also on Twitter, the WNBA has a spotlight on Dawn Staley. That's always awesome. The Gamecocks lead college baseball in home runs after one weekend with 14. Uh, and then inside the Gamecocks at gmail.com, we have something in from Pike Man uh, about the Longhorn Network. He said, Vandy's baseball game against Texas got me thinking, what happens to Longhorn Network when Texas joins the SEC? I'll speak for myself when I say I won't be adding it to my cable package. Uh, I would think all SEC games would take priority and shown on SEC Network or SEC Network Plus. Thanks, Michael. Yeah, well, yeah, you're not going to have to worry about that. The Longhorn Network's going away. Think about this, guys. Think about how much money it is costing Texas to join the SEC. Yeah. Like, because they don't get the, the, they make bank off that Longhorn Network now, plus the Big 12 deal. Plus, combined between them and Oklahoma, hundred million to leave the Big Twelve early. So let me ask you. Let me follow that. I know we got. Do we have one more break? By the way, we got to squeeze. Well, one we more break. Have, we, we got. Yeah. Real so quick, let yeah, me. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Let, let's let's hit the break. And I, I have a follow. You, you said that they make bank off the network. I don't know any of the details, but I want to follow up on that and ask you a question. So we'll do sure. that on the other side. But it, but it is. I do want to let Pike know. You don't have to worry about getting it because it's going away. So it's getting enveloped into the SEC network somehow. So yeah, it's going away. But we'll hit the final break and come back. Calm down, calm down. JC is here. As y'all know, folks, the family and I have visited Disney World many times, but it can be overwhelming, especially if it's your first time going to the most magical place on earth. I highly recommend wherethisroadleads.com and my friend Cherie, a certified Disney vacation planner. That's right. The mouse has given her permission to book your family vacation hassle-free. You don't know where to go, don't know where to stay, don't know where to eat, don't know what to do. It can be overwhelming. So get on wherethisroadleads.com and schedule your free consultation right now. She can help you out. The prices are very reasonable. You don't pay any extra fees. Uh, in fact, she's much more reasonable maybe than booking it straight through Disney. So for your next Disney vacation, or you know, more likely your first, so you don't panic, go to wherethisroadleads.com and talk to Cherie, certified Disney vacation planner, a partner of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. The home of Aventon, Velotric, Magnum Bikes, and more. They sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Their electric bikes are equipped with five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle so you can ride longer, handle the heat better, but still get great exercise. Bikes are available for all ages and sizes. Visit electricbikescharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant if you're in the low country. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. Hey, Mo Calvert here from Carolina Gamecocks. You're listening to Inside the Gamecocks, the show with JC and Phil. Welcome back, everybody, to Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Final segment of the show to open up this President's Day Monday. See a lot of you in the uh, on the numbers watching live. Assuming you have days off today, hope you get to enjoy some time with your family. But uh, yeah, I would think you know you've mentioned it, JC. I think the biggest number for you know Texas and Oklahoma are uh, specifically that hundred million dollars because that's you know step one, right? <laughs> and then you get yeah. to lose all yeah. the other money. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, like in Ma- the Macandino guys said that Pate said that they make fifteen a year, fifteen million a year on the Longhorn Network. Am I not mistaken though? Wasn't it not too long ago that they were really hemorrhaging with that thing? Weren't they? They were they kind of underwater for a while, and then they yeah. But the money's the, mo- the money was guaranteed. So ESPN was losing money on it, but or taking a bath actually. But uh, the actual money going to Texas remained the fifteen million that they were guaranteed. It was also backloaded. So, in other words, it was going to get up to 30 or 40. Um, and that's without, you know, that's without the, um, you know, the the Big 12 deal, too, that they had. So, uh, mm. uh, so the that's their, like, the Longhorn Network was, was their secondary grant of rights. You know, primary, they still had the Big 12, you know, because they were on ABC and Fox and ESPN and all that. Uh, it's just whereas everybody else's secondary grant of rights, uh your basketball, your, your football games that aren't super popular, all that, uh, like in South Carolina, that all goes to the SEC network, but not, uh, not with Texas. They had their own little uh, thing going on there, but it, it's going away. Uh, and so they're going to lose that on that. But I, you know, I, I, I think at the end of the day though, they're upside financially uh, with the SEC uh, and the SEC network and, and that kind of television package and that kind of revenue stream is going to be larger. Uh, even though I think, you know, 10 years ago, they fancied themselves as Notre Dame. I mean, one of their athletic directors was like, we're an international brand. And he spent millions of dollars flying to places like Hong Kong to promote <laughs> Texas sports. I'm like, that's a waste of money. <laughs> like all the Texas fans in Hong Kong are get together and, Hang out, you know, it's two o'clock in the morning, kickoff time, you know. Hey, let's see if the bar will stay over. You know. No, no. I'm, I'm going to go promote Texas sports in China. All right, smart. Dubai. And, and the whole logic was, well, we have oil people here in Texas and they have oil over there. So Texas needs to be Dubai's college football team. Arrogance. Arrogance. Yeah. I mean, so I, I think there's been a changing of the thought process out in Austin. The beatings have continued on the football field, but um, still a hell of an athletic program. Yeah. Lo- losing losing that team. Yeah, yeah. It's still a hell of an athletic program and a great pickup for the SEC. Yeah. Macadino, I know that SEC TV deal with OU in Texas is going to be well over 15, but that, like I said, that's not the only, that was just their secondary. Like that was their side dish. Right. Like some people, you know, you may have a $5 side. If you go to a nice steakhouse, you get the asparagus. It's like $5.99. Texas was like $17.99. It was like a lobster tail. Everybody else is eating mac and cheese. So that's, yeah, like that's why everybody. hours a week in their Etsy. Yeah, business, that was their Etsy. That's why everybody <laughs> had like an issue with it. But yeah, you're right about that. But they, uh, so I probably misspoke when I said, they're going to lose a lot of money because I, you know, this little side dish is going away. They're going to be equal to everybody else, but that number in the sec may end up being uh, 15 million a year for your secondary rights, Uh, all that good stuff. So, so after Quantrell asks, it's after Texas and OU, who would you guys speculate next? Right now, I wouldn't speculate anybody. I think they're going to Pat. And keep in mind, there's new leadership coming to the Big Ten. Kevin Warren is now the president of the Bears. <laughs> um, yeah. So I don't Enjoy know what stadium. the thought process. 
you know, to get, but I think, I think, they, I think the big 10 wants to kind of see, okay, how does this work with us being a, the first nat, truly national conference, um, except for the South, you know, they don't have a presence uh, in the Southeast Maryland's kind of the closest one. So, you know, will they sit there and look at it and go, well, Southern Cal and UCLA are doing well. And then by that point, the ACC, they're they're closer to their deadline with their grant of rights. Do they go after a Virginia and North Carolina? Do they invite Clemson? You know, what do they do? They try to fight the SEC on their home turf or are they like, well, this is kind of a y- y'all remember Conference USA at one point had 16 teams everybody from East Carolina to Hawaii in that league. And it, and it, it kind of collapsed on top of itself. You know, will it be like that? I doubt it. I kind of think that we're not done with all this right now, but sort of like the same time between the expansion in the early part of the decade. And now, I mean, a good 10, 11 years has passed. So I, I think we'll see. Yeah. I can't rule anything out, but I, I just don't expect to see uh, anybody move uh, for the time being. And a large part of that Quantrill has to do with the ACC and uh, they're, all their schools are locked in through 2034. So that's just an awful lot of time. It's about 10 years, you know. Yeah. yeah. And I think if the SEC were looking to expand, I mean, I don't think football is going to be what drives that because they don't need that. I think expanding the, the connecting territory state-wise and then bolstering the uh, other revenue sports would be where they go. Because, quite frankly, the SEC doesn't need any help with football. So, Which is know, why Maybe you I look think at North Carolina. Maybe you look, you know, in those areas. Kansas. Kansas yep. is my Kansas dark is a, in all of this. <laughs> I like that. Because, I've always liked that pick for you. Yeah, <laughs> it's 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 but they the Missouri hates Kansas. Kansas hates Missouri. We're all sitting around trying to find Missouri a damn rival, whether it's South Carolina <laughs> or Arkansas or whoever. You know, bring the Jayhawks in. You know, they're right there, and it it is important in the SEC for you to have uh, contiguous contiguous states. Um. I thought about Notre Dame too, but I think Notre Dame is getting a more another sweetheart deal because the Big Ten helped them out with that NBC deal. So I don't think they're going anywhere for a while. But Indiana does border Kentucky, so you know. That, well, that these are these sense. are TV deals. You know, what's good for TV is generally what matters, and we know that Texas and Oklahoma are good for TV. So after that, who is it? If if there is somebody that's out there, and um, and um. You know what do those numbers look like? Is the is the big question to me? I I, I seem to think that they're going to probably, if if and when they decide to go that route, they're going to maybe put a little bit of a halt on going further west or to the Midwest and start to look back at the east, a West Virginia, uh, Virginia Tech or something like that. Um, that's going to going to help the footprint maybe a little bit more. But I don't know. I don't think anybody. I like that. I like I Mexico pick. I like, State. I like Virginia and North Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if if but if they'll break apart, but you know it's uh, it's just one of those things. But it's going to be a while. Uh, Clint says Oklahoma State. You're going to get into some politics with that because they're now they're they're the ones now refusing to play each other. We're not going to play this game. Mike Gundy said something about it. So yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Oklahoma State could end up uh, they could end up absorbing most of the Pac-12 and all that good stuff. So uh, I don't know. It'll crazy. end up being like it'll end up being App State. App State and SEC. I always thought East Carolina would be good. It, you know, all know as well as I know, 
The powers in the state of North Carolina will never let East Carolina. They'll find a way politically to squash anything that they want to do in North Carolina. Something will happen. You won't get state funds. Something. There's just, you know, something. By the way, I do need to give a shout out to D-A-T-S Derek. That's Derek on Twitter. Uh, UMass Lowell scored their first run of the season. They were up one nothing on the Gamecocks the other day, and he immediately retweeted it. Down one to UMass Lowell. Fire Kingston. Since then, <laughs> South Carolina scored 49 runs, and uh, UMass Lowell scored four. Might so have got congratulations to another Twitter moron. Yeah. Fire Kingston. First inning of the season. That a boy. No winners. All right. Tomorrow, Taylor Edwards. Oh. That Taylor Edwards? Taylor Edwards, Gamecock, uh, director of player personnel football for his he comes by about twice a year, talks to us. So that should be a lot of football we'll he, recruiting talk. Maybe he tomorrow. can tell us who the next four commitments are going to be. Yeah. Doubtful. But yeah, he, he, he's always insightful and all that. So yeah, good to talk to him. <laughs> and Clint, I'd love Mike Gundy to be in the SEC too. Um, I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be funny. <laughs> yeah. It would be good. We'll see, see y'all tomorrow. tomorrow.